Hey, I'd love to start with something funny. And uh, I heard a story about um, this woman who died, and she was standing at the pearly gates. Peter said, can't come in yet. First, you have to correctly spell a word. She looks at him and says, well, what word? He says, any word. So she spells the word love, L-O-V-E. And he says, great, welcome into heaven. She walks in, he says, hey, St. Peter says, can you just hold my spot and be here at the gate for a little bit? I need to take care of something. Just follow the same protocol, protocol with anyone else who comes to the gate. She says, sure, I'll cover for you. A few minutes later, her ex-husband comes walking up to the gate. She's amazed. She can't believe it. She says, what are you doing here? He said, I don't know. I had a heart attack. I'm standing here now. Did I make it into heaven? She said, not yet. First, you have to correctly spell a word. And he says, what word? And she stops and thinks for a minute and says, Czechoslovakia. Um, okay, just making sure all awake this morning. All right. Everybody spell God. G-O-D, okay, making sure we're good. You know, we're starting a new series today called Home Improvement. You know, our theme this year is Family First. We're excited. We started building out our new Kid Venture building, the place where kids live out God's adventures. It's going to be amazing, huge playlands and the theme park. I mean, it's going to be incredible. We're excited about it. This is the year of the family. And as I begin to think about the family, this time of year is the time of year that we take one area of focus to talk about for a few weeks. And uh, I've entitled this series, Home Improvement. But as I talk about it, it's going to take a little bit different twist when you think about home improvement. Some of you say, well, why are we talking about this if we're talking about home improvement? Now, let me say, my wife and I, Devet, um, we have been here now um, almost 14 years. I think in August will be 14 years that we've lived in the Santa Clarita Valley. It's hard to believe how time flies. Started the church, and God has done some great things. Well, how many know that when you live in a house, we bought the house when we moved here, after 14 years, you realize there's some things that need improvement. Come on, how many know the paint with all the kids? It's time to repaint. It's time. We're doing our kitchen. We're doing some home improvements this year. And I've entitled this series Home Improvement, but as I begin to think about it, God, how do we improve our home? What is one way the Bible teaches us to make a home improvement? The Lord brought me to an idea and a thought that I want to talk about. Today, I want to talk to you about giving, about finances, about tithing. And let me say, as we're talking about that, I know for some people, this is a sensitive issue. Maybe you've been in a place where it's been overemphasized, or maybe you had a bad experience. And I want you to know that here at Higher Vision, and this may sound a little strange, but I'm going to say it, you don't have to give anything financially to attend Higher Vision Church. In fact, here's what's interesting. If you do or you don't, I won't know. I think some people think I have a list in the back. And then I look at it before I walk out. So I know what everybody's done. I don't know that. I made a decision when we started the church. I don't want to know what everybody gives. I've just decided that. Because I don't want you to ever wonder if I'm giving you an extra big hug because you gave a big tide check last week or something. I just don't want you to worry about that. Now, there are some exceptions. There are people that share with me gifts and things that God has done, and I'm aware in general, but I don't know what you give, and I don't know if you do give. And let me say something else that might surprise you. You don't have to give to go to heaven. The Bible says we're saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. So you don't have to give your tithes to get to heaven. You go to heaven through faith in Christ. But I want to say this as we dive into this series. Even though that may be true, I'm going to tell you, I believe this with all my heart, you will never live the best and most blessed life until you understand the power 
of tithing and of generosity. Come on, anybody would say amen to that. So today, we're going to dive in and we're going to talk about tithing, all right? And we're going to talk about home improvement. And if you'll give me the, the, the liberty, at the end of the message, I'll tell you how you improve your home and I'll show you the verse, all right? But instead, we're just going to dive in and I'm going to answer three quick questions about tithing. Because maybe you're here and you're new and you don't know what it is. And, and every year we take a couple of weeks to preach on this because we have so many people getting saved, they don't understand and know, and we want them to step into the place where God can do great things and bless them. And so we want to teach on this for them, but we also, how many know all of us need to be reminded of the principles of God, whether it's forgiveness or whether it's faith, how many know we also need to be reminded of the power of generosity, amen? All right, three of you have agreed. How many say amen to that? Come on. All right. Last thing. As your pastor, will you give me the liberty to teach you what God says about money? And maybe even open your heart or take a brick or two off that wall that has been built up to say, I'm going to listen to maybe what God might want to say to me. How many would say okay to that? So can we do this? Can we pray right now? All of you joining us online, I want you to do the same. Close your eyes in Illinois and Fresno and Detroit. God, today we thank you for your presence. I ask that you would speak through me what you want to say. And God, I pray that when we leave, we will leave not saying, hey, that was a nice story or that was a good point, but we'll leave saying, I think God is speaking to me. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say, amen, amen. Amen. We're going to have fun today. We're going to talk about tithing. Now, The main passage of tithing comes from Malachi. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn to Malachi chapter 3, and we're going to look at verse 8. If you have a phone, you can go there and do it. But let me say that this passage needs a little context, because what's happening is, is that there is a message, and the message is from God to his people, and here's the, the overall context. As a nation, you've turned away from me. And everybody in the nation says, how have we turned away from you? And then God answers it by saying, well, you've robbed, or let me say it this way, you've taken the tithe. You haven't been tithing, and because you haven't been tithing, you've turned away from me. Now, before you go, well, that doesn't apply to me, or that doesn't apply to America, you know, that was 4,000, 6,000 years ago when that was written, can I tell you today that in America, statistically, only 7% of self-professed Christians actually tithe. 7%. Now, it's not that in our church. It's not that way. It's much higher. But imagine that. That message that God gave to the people of Israel 4,000, 6,000 years ago, I don't remember the exact number, is so relevant today. So we're going to talk about three things. I'm going to ask three simple questions today, all right? Y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. Here we go. Question number one, if we're going to learn about tithing, the first question is, what is the tithe? What is it? What does it mean to tithe? Let's go to our our verse. This is the main passage that we use when we talk about tithing. Malachi chapter 3. Here's what God says. Will a man rob God, yet you rob me? God says, you're ripping me off. You're stealing from me. And we say, "But, but you ask, how do we rob you, God? I would never rob God. He says, here's how. In the, what's the next word? tithes. Now, we're going to talk about offerings next week, but in the tithes and offerings. Here's how we're robbing God. He says, you robbed me by not giving me the tithes and offerings. He says, you're under a curse, the whole nation of you. He tells this to the the people of Israel. 
This nation is not being blessed the way it should be. It's under a curse. And the reason why is because you've taken the tithe, because you're robbing me. Then he goes on to say, so here's the answer. Bring the, what's the next word? And next word? Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. So God says, if you want to turn to me, and quit robbing me, then bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Now, when you're talking about tithing, there's two things you need to know. Number one, what is tithing? Well, the first thing is it has to do with a percentage. And this is cool because God's made it so that whether you make a little or a lot, everybody is on the same standard. 10%. If you make $100,000, what would 10% of that be? $10,000. If you make $5,000, what's 10% of that? $500. So it's a percentage. The tithe means 10 or a tenth. So when it's talking about giving, here's basically the idea. The idea is that when you tithe, you bring back 10% of what you bring in as income and you bring it into the local church. Now let me say for a second, a lot of times people, I believe, the Bible is so clear about this, I believe are still robbing God and they don't know it. And they're missing out on blessing. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And here's why. Because they think that the 10% is theirs to control where it goes. So here's what they do. They go, I'm going to give 3% to missions ministry that help and rescue people that are in human trafficking. Because that's my heart. And not only that, I really like that smiling preacher, Joel. He's so, he's so cute. And he's got a big smile, and so I want to help him because he's reaching lots of people. He's got lots of people saved, so I'm going to give 2% to him, and then I'm going to give 5% to my church. Well, the Bible is very clear that when we rob God, here's how we rob him. We don't bring the whole, all 10%, into the storehouse. You see, here's what you need to understand is in those days, every community had a storehouse. And so they would bring their tithes into their community storehouse the place that they came for worship where they offered their sacrifices. If it wasn't a festival where they had to go to Jerusalem, they would bring the local sacrifice, the local um, uh, tithe into the storehouse. So what the scripture is teaching is that you and I, if we have a home church, that is our storehouse. So the scripture says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. So if higher vision is your church, then you bring all 10% into the local storehouse. That's what the scripture says. Now, I'm going to tell you, there is a temptation, and I think God did it that way on purpose, because he's trying to teach us that when it comes to the tithe, we have to understand that it's not ours, it's his. Because what we want to do is we want to control it, but God doesn't want you to control something that doesn't belong to you. One day, I'll be accountable at higher vision, I'll stand before God, and I'll be accountable for what we did with the resources that God brought here. You won't be accountable for that. I will. What you're accountable for is to say, God, I'm not going to touch it because that's the danger. Is in the beginning of time, what happened? God said, all of this in the garden is yours, but this is mine. Don't touch what belongs to me. And what happens is, is we want to control. And the thing is, is the reason we do it is because we want to feel generous. But the reality is, is how many know that you're not being generous if you're spending somebody else's money? Come on, somebody say Amen. So when it comes to the tithe, what he's teaching us is I want you to understand that it belongs to me, so bring the whole tithe, all 10%, into your local church, give it to me, let go of it, because it's mine, and that's the way I've set it up. 
That's what tithing is. What is the tithe? It's a percentage. Y'all with me? Say amen. amen. And what's the percentage? Amen. 10%. So when you get paid $1,000, what do you do? You bring how much? $100 and you give it to God. Now, let's go to the next part. Not only is the tithe about a percentage, the second thing is the tithe is about the order. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, you see, the Bible teaches us about what's called the first fruit. And the idea is, is that you bring the first. So, for instance, in those days, you would have herds. And let's say one of your sheep would have a lamb. And when they had the lamb, here's the way it worked. You didn't wait until you had 10 lambs. And then after you've had 10 lambs and things are going good and you've been, you know, getting the wool and the fleece from the lambs and you know that everything's okay and you got enough, then you take one of your lambs and give them to God. The way the Bible teaches is, is this, is that you give the first lamb so that the other nine are blessed. You give the first so the rest is blessed. And we'll talk about why God set it up that way. Same thing with your crops. When the crops would come in, you would bring the first and you would give it to God. That's why people in our church, this is so cool, they set up online because they get paid the same, you know, each, uh, every two weeks. They have it set up where literally the first thing that goes out of their account is not to the mortgage company, it's not to the car payment, it's to the house of God. So that the first goes to God so that the rest is Blessed, you all with me? So the idea, and, and here's what God said, is he even, he even told the people of Israel, he said, there's gonna come a day when your kids are gonna question your tithing. I'm gonna tell you, the devil will question tithing. You'll start thinking, well, that's not for me, or should we really do that, or you know, all that stuff. We'll talk about it, a little bit more of that in a minute. And so he said, they're gonna come to you, and they're gonna be in the field, and they're gonna be working, and they get the first lamb, and then you're gonna tell them, go take it to the house of God, and they're going to say, no, 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 wait a minute, Dad, there's a problem here. We keep taking the first lamb to God's house, and we're losing profits here. I mean, this is 10%. We could be doing a whole lot more with it. And he said, when they say that to you, you tell them this. Son, I know you, you may not realize this, but your mom and your dad, there was a day that we didn't own land. There was a day that we didn't own a home. There was a, la- a day that we didn't own any sheep or any, f- we didn't have any crops. And you know why? Because we were slaves. We were in Egypt and we had nothing. But son, God came. And he delivered us from our bondage. And he gave us the wealth of Israel. And so because he delivered us and because he's blessed us with what we have, son, we gladly give the first to God. That's what tithing's about. It's about saying, God, I understand that everything I have has come from you, so I gladly give the first. In fact, can I show you that, that God's not even asking you to do something he didn't do himself? Sometimes you go, God, why would you ask us to do that? It's because he showed you. He did it himself. What did he do? He sent his firstborn, Jesus. Jesus was sacrificed. You realize that Jesus is God's tithe to the world. Come on, somebody say amen. That's good. So because, now look at, Jesus was blessed because Jesus was given. The rest are blessed. Come on, amen. So tithing has to do with the percentage and it has to do with the order. God, I give to you first. Y'all with me? Amen? So here's the question. Why do we tithe? Or, or what is the tithe? We answered that question. It's 10% going to the house of God first. Secondly, 
Second question is, why should I tithe? Come on, I'm going to say that's a good question. Why, why do it? Why should I tithe? Well, I'm going to give you a real clear answer. And it's going to be real simple. You ready? Write this down. Because Jesus said you should. How many think that's a good reason? Do you realize that Jesus, because here's the thing, a lot of people say, well, Pastor Jared, tithing was the Old Testament, and now we're in the New Testament, tithing was under the law, but now we're not under the law, we're under grace, and let me just throw out there, first of all, you realize that the tithe was given and created and instituted before, 500 years before the law ever came. And secondly, you know, the law, just because the law came, the Bible says that Jesus came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. So Jesus, you realize, fulfilled the law by being the tithe. Not only that, just because in the law there was things that, that they gave us doesn't mean that they're not appropriate for today. How many know if the law says thou shalt not kill, how many think it's still a good law today? Yeah. If the Bible says honor your father and mother, how many know that's something we still need to do today? Come on. But I think if we really want to get to it, what does the New Testament say about tithing? Because did you know that Jesus specifically addressed the tithe? In fact, remember when we had those WWJD bracelets? Come on, anybody remember that? And people go, what is that? And you're like, it's what would Jesus do? Come on, remember that? Well, I thought about it. When it comes to tithing, what would Jesus do? Did you know Jesus asked that, answered that question? Let me show you. Here's what he says in the book of Luke. He's speaking to the Pharisees and he's kind of rebuking them. And here's what he says. He says, well, what sorrow awaits you, Pharisees? You're careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and love and the love of God. So he, here's what he says. He says, you're a tither. And he's kind of saying, good for you. You tithe, but here's the bummer. You're not doing the other stuff that you need to do. And then after he says that, he goes on to say, say it with me. You should tithe, Yes. He says, you guys should tithe. Even though they're doing it wrong, they're tithing but not doing the other stuff, here's what he says, you should tithe, but also don't neglect the more important things. So Jesus says we should tithe. So why should I tithe? Because Jesus was the tithe, and he knows we should, so he says you should do it. Can I give you another reason why we should? Because, write this down, you honor God. You show God honor. When you think about money, what do you think of? Now, I don't know about you. Maybe you think of debt, credit card debt. Or maybe when you think of money, you think of all the hours you're at the job. Or maybe if you think of money, you think of fishing because you like your hobby that you do and you want to have enough money to go fishing, right? Can I tell you what God thinks about when he thinks about money? When God thinks about money, what does he think about? You know what he thinks about? Honor. Can I show you? Look at what it says in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 says, what's the first word? Honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits, referring to the concept of tithing, giving to God first, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. In other words, here's what God's saying. He's saying, listen, if I want to know if you really honor me, I'm not going to look at your church attendance. If I want to know if you honor me, I'm not going to look at, uh, you know, how much time you gave to serve and help in kids ministry. He said, the way I can really know if you honor me is to see what you're doing with your money. 
Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. You see, to God, it's about honor. In fact, I got a, a cool little video. You got to listen all the way to the end that helps illustrate this point. Take a look at this. It's really cool. So profound when you get to the end of the video. And he says, dude, God brought the pie. I mean, think about it. Having a party and someone brings the dessert, but you don't give any to them. The point is, is that God is the one who gives us everything we have. And what he's saying is, listen, I brought the pie to the party. Just give me a portion that belongs to me. You can have all the rest. If you give the first, the rest is blessed. But if we're not careful, we live in a culture we want to consume, right? It started even back in the garden, at the Garden of Eden. He said, all of the trees are yours. Just this one is mine. But our, our human nature is, I've got to, i got to, before long. So why do we tithe? We tithe because what it is, is it's saying, God, I honor you, and I honor what you've given me. You see, why do we tithe? Because Jesus said, and because it's about honor. Y'all with me, say amen. So here's the last question we're going to address, all right? Write this down. 
why does God want me to tithe? Why does he want me to tithe? Now, let me just say, doesn't it, you know, kind of sometimes in your mind you think, well, God, you don't need my money. I mean, how many know God owns everything? He has unlimited resources. I mean, come on. His streets are not made of asphalt. They're made of gold. He's doing okay. So God, why do you need my little $100 a month tithe? Why do you need, some of you maybe in college, you just make a little bid. Why do you need my little, you know, amount here? Why do you need, listen, can I stop and tell you that when it comes to tithing, God doesn't need your money. Here's the thing. He knows you need to tithe. He doesn't need your tithe. You need to tithe. And let me tell you why. The reason why is because, number one, he wants you to learn dependence upon him. God wants to teach us to depend on him because what happens is we start to depend on ourselves. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, he says this, he says, don't depend on your money, depend on God who has given you everything for your enjoyment. Everything you have, God has given to you so you can enjoy it. But don't, that's in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 17. Don't depend on money. You know what, it's easy. In fact, if you look back in the beginning, even when the children of Israel came out of Egypt and as they were going through the wilderness, what happened? God gave them manna. And the way it worked was every day they had to go pick manna, they had to gather it, and it would only be good for the day. They tried to keep it. It wasn't good for the next day. What was God teaching? He was teaching them, depend on me. Because you know what? We start depending on our IRA. We start depending on our retirement. We start depending on our government assistance. We start depending on that company. We start depending on the school district. I'm going to tell you something. You can't depend on those things. The one thing you can depend on is you can depend on the Lord. Amen? So he teaches us to depend on him. Here's the second reason why we need to tithe. Why do we need to tithe? Why does God want us to? So that we can be blessed. I want to show you this verse, and I'm going to point out something that maybe you've never thought of before. Matthew chapter 3, verse 10 says, bring the, here we have it again, the whole tithe into the storehouse. So you bring all 10% into your local church. And then he says that, that there may be food in my house. Now, we're going to talk about that in a second. But he says, test me in this. This is one of the only times God says, test me. This is a principle that I want you to test me on. He says, test me. And then he says this. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. Now, let me start by saying, first of all, it says that if you don't tithe, we read earlier that you're under a curse, right? And so maybe some of you are thinking, well, God wants to bless me, but are you saying that I'm under a curse if I don't tithe? And I want to tell you something. I personally don't believe that if you don't tithe, you're under a curse, Here's why. Because when Jesus came and he died on the cross, he broke every curse. But I will tell you this. There is a level of supernatural blessing, and it's not just money, that you will not experience until you learn the joy of trusting God by bringing him the tithe. I'll give you an example. He says he will open up the windows of heaven. In other words, the blessing that comes is something that you can't do in the natural. Only God can do in the supernatural. I had a, a gentleman in the church share this testimony with me. He said, Pastor Jared, he said, we, uh, my mother passed away and we had a re- an inheritance coming. It wasn't a lot. She lived in England and because of the pound tanking, because of Brexit, he said that we weren't going to get a whole lot. 
But, you know, we were going through the process, and he said, here's what you need to know. We have been faithful tithers our whole lives. We have always tithed. We have always given to God's house. He said, so I just put it in God's hand. I'm like, I'm not going to worry about it, God. I'm thankful for what you give me. You always provide. He said, well, there was all these complications. It was supposed to come through, and then it didn't come through, and we called the lawyers, and first of all, November, or October came by. This was last year. didn't happen. November came by, so we called the lawyer, and they said, oh, we gave it to a family member instead. It went into their account, so we called them, and like, yeah, we'll take care of it, and so they tried to take care of it, and it kept going and taking time, and finally, they got it into an escrow account where they could give it to us, and of course, there was some kind of security issue, and they couldn't release it. Anybody ever had trouble getting your money sometimes? Come on. And so he's just like, God, you've got it. I'm not going to worry about it. He said, finally, after the first of the year, on a certain day, I looked at my bank account, and boom, it was there. But it wasn't just there. It was $20,000 more than what we thought it would be. And so he's like, what's going on? So he said, I went back, and I called, and he said, I discovered that it just so happened that on the day, remember, months later than when he wanted to have it. How many know God's timing can be perfect? Months later, that on the exact day that they finally were able to transfer the money, the pound went up to the highest rate it's been since Brexit came two years ago. And on that day, the transfer went through, and I got $20,000 more. That story is an example that when you tithe, God is able to open the windows of heaven and do things for you that you could never do for yourself. Come on, somebody say amen. So you don't have to fear living under a curse, but what I would say is learn the joy of positioning yourself for God to do things that you could never do. You can work hard and you can watch your retirement fund. You can work hard and put in overtime, but there are things that God can do that you could never do. That's why God wants you to tithe. He wants to bless you, amen? He wants us to depend on him. He wants to bless us. And let me show you another one real quick. He wants to protect your home and your finances. He wants to protect your home and your finances. Now, what do you mean by that, Pastor Jared? Well, let's go back to the verse and let's read a little more about the tithe. He says, if you tithe, I'm going to open up heaven and I'm going to bless you in a supernatural way in ways that you couldn't do it in the natural. Secondly, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your field will not cast their fruit, says the Lord all mighty. What God says is, he says, listen, if you'll tithe, here's the thing you're going to learn is to trust me. I'm going to bless you, but I'm also going to protect your home and your finances. The, the harvest, you won't have a freeze and lose it all. They won't cast their fruit before they should. I got to tell you that I believe this principle. I believe that there are so many blessings that I don't know about that I can't wait to find out about when I get in heaven. The blessing of that my tires lasted way longer than they should. I should have got some uh, uh, six months earlier, but God just made them last a little longer because he protected me from the devourer. I got to tell you, there are cars that have run longer, appliances that haven't given out, things that have happened, health that has come when I might have been sick. There is protection that God has brought into my life because here's the thing. The devil is a devourer. He roars around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour your happiness. He wants to devour your peace. He wants to devour your financial stability. But isn't it good to know that when you tithe, you can go to bed at night with peace saying, I don't have to worry about what the devil has come in my way because I've got a wall of protection around me. It's a covenant that God has given me because I have entered into an agreement and a covenant that I've given him his so that he can protect mine. 
Isn't that awesome? And can I tell you, not only will the devil try to rob you of finances and try to rob you of, of peace, you know what he'll rob you of? And there's a revelation here I want to show you real quick. He'll try to rob you of revelation. Let me say it this way. We need the revelatory word of God active in our lives. And you know why? Jesus said you can't live by bread alone, my money, those kinds of things. You can't live by bread alone, but he says, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We need revelation. In fact, the Bible says where there is no revelation, the people what? Perish. Where there's no vision, no revelation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a statement, and it, some of you might get offended by it. If you do, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make an observation, okay? The people in church that seem like they always end up saying, you know, I just don't get fed. I just don't get anything out of church. I want to I go back to this. The Bible says that we need to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so there will be food in my house. I think that people, when they don't tithe, often miss out on revelation because when there's no tithe, there's no resource and there's no revelation. I think it becomes a block and many times people aren't getting fed and the reason they're not getting fed is because they're not honoring the principle of bringing the tithe, the food into the house. And I'll be honest with you, I preach the same message. One person is receiving it, growing, excited and the person next to him is offended or upset or, or doesn't like it. You look at the difference, nine times out of ten, one is tithing and one isn't. I don't want the devil to devour any revelation. I want to hear the revelation so I can thrive and I can live and I can grow. Come on, somebody say amen. God wants us to tithe so that he can protect. Let me say one last thing. I was hearing about a family in the church and their son who's off in the military. They told me, they said, hey, Pastor Jerry, he tithes all the time. He doesn't even attend here anymore, but he doesn't have a church always to go to, so he just sends his tithe here. He always tithes. He said, I was asking my son about this because I thought it was so cool. And he said this to me. He said, Dad, I can't even imagine living life outside of that umbrella of God's protection. God protects us. You ready for the last thought? Why does God want us to tithe? To improve my home. Home improvement. We're finally getting there. I told you we'd get there. When I was praying about this sermon and I was thinking, God, we're going to spend a couple weeks on finances, but I want to talk about how do I improve my home? And when I began to talk about home improvement, the Lord took me to a verse. And here's what the verse basically leading up to it says. It says in Haggai, you planted, but you didn't harvest anything. You eat, and you're not satisfied. You drink, and you're still thirsty. You wear clothes, but you can't keep warm. You get wages, but they disappear, because when you put them in your pocket, there's holes in the pocket. And then he says this, Haggai chapter 1. You hope for rich harvests, but they were poor. And when you did bring what little harvest you had home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heaven's army, while all of you are busy building your own houses. What the Lord showed me is simply this. If you want to improve your home, improve his. Because if you'll take care of God's house, God will take care of yours. 
You know why? Because God is a debtor to no man. God is not mocked. When a man sows, that will he also reap. And when you make God a priority, when you invest in God's house, I'm going to tell you something. He will make an investment in yours. And what's cool is not only invest in it, but he'll do it in a supernatural way that goes beyond what you could do. And he'll protect it in a way that you could never protect it. No security system can protect it like God does. God doesn't need your tithe. You need to tithe because he wants to bless you. He wants to improve your home. Listen, today I'm not standing in front of you begging for money. Higher Vision is blessed. Last year was the biggest year in giving we have had in the history of our church. In fact, in our church every year, we have grown numerically and financially for 12 years straight. Last year was an incredible year. And in most churches, only 7% tithe. In our church, I would say the number is somewhere around 35, 40%. Imagine, though, what we could do. Last year, we had 5,756 hands raised to receive Jesus. Imagine how many hands would be raised, how many people we could touch, how many things we could do if not 40%, but 100% of people gave the tithe. Imagine what your home would be like. Imagine what your bank account would be like. Imagine what your health would be like. Imagine what your relationships would be like if you learned to trust and depend on God. So I want you to close your eyes.